1: Well she stole some of my thunder about Happy Resurrection Day because when I say not my thunder, because it's all about Jesus, because oops, I can do this. He is, risen. he is risen. All right. I love that PowerPoint and thank you for sharing that, Stephanie, because I forgot the some of the meaning behind that. Because I think we need more of him in our life right now. Um, before I get started, of course I wanna open up if everybody has your your word, I don't know if you study the word on your phone, your Bible. So this is just my way of honoring God. Um, and if you guys would mind I'm lifting up your Bible and just you could repeat after me, this is my Bible. Is my Bible. God's word. God's word. When, I when, I when, I when I read it, when I read it, when I read it and respond to what it says, and respond to what it says, it "It changes my life. It changes my life. life. Amen. Amen. How many believe that? Thank you. Amen. Because we can't read our Bibles like this. Look at that. See? I mean, I I guess you can if you can, you know, if you're the see-through stuff. But, you know, we're (laughs) we're not Jesus. Seriously, though, sometimes Bibles can sit on shelves for a long time. And, and and that grieves the father, and you know I have my phone, but that my Bible's on there. But when I teach up here, I just there's something about having the book in front of you. We are the people of the book. You know that's what Muslims say about us. We are the people of the book. And um, so if you ever hear that, that actually is a compliment. Um, it is a compliment. Isa Kika, and that's Arabic for Jesus. I remember that from Israel, Stephanie. Jesus is the truth. Thank you. Um, But I just, I can tell when, when I'm not in the word, I can tell what a difference it makes when I get back in it. And um, for this past week, I kind of was feeling under the weather. So just bear with me. I have my water up here. It's been a long, it's actually been a long year for me. And Stephanie, I received that word about the prophetic the prophets that we've been We've, we've been beat up the last year. And I think particularly for some of them that have stepped out and did release some prophecy that I believe in my heart was correct. I'm not going to get into who said what and what was right and what wasn't. But I think sometimes God has reasons that we don't understand for things not coming true. Actually, it's to draw us closer to him, not the prophet. Sometimes many of us really follow this prophet or that prophet and and I think you know at the end of the day this is what we should be following um so so uh, you know today is resurrection sunday um and my message is about living the resurrection life i'm thinking lord how do i want to talk about this because many times we're so focused on the act of jesus dying for us which is so appropriate we could never forget that we can never forget what he did for us. I always remember the passion of the Christ, you guys. I don't know every, and I didn't watch it this year, the one Mel Gibson made in 2004. And I remember that very well because I went to Cincinnati and went to a Messianic Jewish conference and that the passion had just come out and then I went to this conference. I just wept and wept down there. I just wept and wept and wept, wept and wept, and I wept more. Um... Because that movie was so, at times, hard to watch. There are places I just can't watch still to this day. Um, Jim Caviezel, what a powerful actor he was playing Jesus. And tonight, for those of you that follow The Chosen, then season two, episode one is tonight. I just want to put in a plug-in, eight o'clock tonight. Eight o'clock tonight. Um, so, so, so I want to um, read this here. Oh, I don't have to go. I can just read this like this. This is so good. I like having the, see, we got the TV up there now, so I love it. I love that, you guys. So the hopefully I won't knock my papers down here. Um, so Hebrews 2.9, if you guys could go to that right now. I want us to read this a second. Um, just a couple things, a couple verses. Um, make sure I get it right here if I can find it. I'll just read it, that's okay. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Think about that. He did that for all of us. He did that for all of us. Um, But sometimes, well, sometimes we've limit ourselves and we just look at the past resurrection Jesus both suffered and tasted death for all of us, accomplishing that for all of us. And I'm not going to say that focusing on that's bad, but sometimes we can miss things because it's all about what's already happened. But what do we do about today? I mean, we're walking that out now. So, but also, in 1 Thessalonians four sixteen to 18... For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. This is what's going to happen in the future, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that we are all still we are we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. And therefore encourage one another with these words. So I'm ready for that new body too. I know some of <laughs> I am. I'm ready for that new body, that 21-year-old body I had when, when I was back at Michigan State. But it's all serious, though. No. So focusing on the future, I did. No, I was, I was a, I was pretty cool. I, I was. I thought. <laughs> I love you guys. Sometimes, though, when we only look at the future resurrection, it awakens in us the ex, the expectation that Jesus will return to raise the dead, or in Him, and that the death and that the death of, I think I had a typo there, will be applied to all believers. The death of death will be applied to all believers. The culture and the environment we are in right now, the culture and the environment we are in right now may cause us to only focus on this. I think we're in a time, particularly in our country, with a lot of uncertainty. When is this? We have the people that are the preppers, the people like the, oh, this, what about this? I'm ready to go up in the clouds. I'll be honest, you guys, there are days that... Working in where I do, and many of you know I work in government at the state, it's probably been the hardest time this last year, but it's actually been the most glorious time, too. And I can't believe that, I i mean, this time last year, remembering I spent some time with my mom out west and then came back and then all heck broke loose in our world, really. Um, but at the end of the day, I think God's been trying to tell us something this last year. Number one, and this isn't in my notes, so, Stephanie, I am I'm going, I just... I think he wants us to stay closer to him now more than anything. That's like this is the second Passover we've had at home, to be near him, to be with him, to be near him in ways that we have never been before. I mean, I'm working at home like many of you that um, that are as well. Um, there are things that I can do now that I could not a year ago, but also God's stretching me in areas that I never thought I'd be stretched in. Um, but I think at the end of the day that... Um, he's been using this for our good, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. Um, so just be encouraged about um, focusing on, the, on today, focusing on focus on today on the here and now. If we limit ourselves to what Christ did or what Christ is going to do in the future, many times we're going to miss our, the excellent benefits of being the children of the resurrection in the present age we have. We will miss opportunities God has put in front of us to impact our world, particularly in the current climate in our country we are in today. And I just want to repeat, there is nothing wrong with focusing on either the past or future resurrection itself. Just don't let that become your sole focus in life is what I'm trying to say. So I don't, because this is recorded, I just, I want to put this out there. I believe in the resurrection, I believe in what's to come, but we have to live our life today. And I'm I and I'm saying this as one when I was saved back in, in um it was in 1998, and um I was very much under revelations, and I know that had to do with the prophetic now, I understand that. But there was always something missing. I thought, Lord, but there's more to it than this. There's just so much more to this. It's And it's not that what he didn't do for us was important, wasn't important. And what he's going to do in the future for us is too. It's like, but we're here today. We have people that, number one, don't know Jesus. He's not going to come back. And the word says until all have been saved. All have been saved. And I think what's happening now, our country, uh, and I'm just going to be blunt. Many times people overseas are coming to evangelize in our country now. That's very, very sad. That breaks my heart, and it reminds me of, God says, well, you have work to do, Laura. This isn't about you and doing your thing. And I'm just being real, you guys, because remembering in conversations I've had with people from different countries, I think as we went to Israel three years ago, it's been three years, but I tell you at the end of the day, I mean, there's still so much more that I don't know. I've been saved since 1998 I wasn't necessarily I went to church but wasn't raised in the church until I got to be an adult but I didn't have that personal relationship and there's something to be said of you know you can stay in your book all day long you can do your Beth Moore studies and this isn't knocking Beth Moore I'm just using that as an example I wasn't a big Beth Moore fan I did a Joyce Meyer but I think at the end of the day there are people that need something that you have that they don't. They need something that you have that they don't. And number one is love. Number two, sharing God's word and how it changed your life. And number three, sacrifice. Okay, that's not in my notes, but I'm just, I think that we're we're in a time that um, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, And living that, how we live that resurrection life you have two choices you can either live it for yourself or you can live it for others you can live it for yourself or live it for others and I think I just you know think about that for a minute think about what if Jesus decided he didn't want to get on that cross he wanted to get off and go hang out and not sacrifice and he didn't have to I mean but how much he loved us, if we were the only people on earth, he still would have done that. That's how much he loves each of us. That's how much he loves each of us. Um, so I say all that to say that um, I know today I think of different celebrations I've been to and um, for Resurrection Day. And um, it's been an interesting time in our country for the last year um, because... The church has been shut down and many of us have let it just happen. And this isn't about us. It's not about a person. It's about a spirit. And Stephanie, when Stephanie shares about the Damascus, I love it, having that Damascus experience. Like with Saul when he became Paul, he got his eyes, he got blinded and then Jesus spoke to him and he's like, why are you persecuting me, Saul? I mean, I think that uh, I just think that we need to be praying for our leaders and leaders in government, President Biden, President Trump, Governor Whitmer, and the people at the borders. That's been hard to watch, what's happening down at our border in South Me- Mexico. Because think about this. There are some people that hate our country so much that they, they, don't, they don't want people to have freedom. And then we have all these people coming. There must be something about America that, that is drawing them to, to America. And I can't imagine sending my child away, but I'm telling you, and this isn't in my notes either, but I have really been touched by just some of those things I've been reading and seeing. So, But this is where we have to be careful not to to get emotionally reactive to situations, to pray into them. And I think part of it is I know what it's like to be lost, and then I was found. Literally at 14, I was literally lost, like some of these kids coming up from Mexico. And I had some really bad things happen to me. And I'm not gonna say that it was right, it just, it was what it was. And I think at the end of the day, God had angels around me to protect me. And I think at the end of the day, he has angels around those children coming into our country. And I'm not gonna get into the, what people, this isn't about immigration. This is about God's children. And what can we do as a nation to support people, whatever their position is, the people that are trying to do the right thing and guard our borders, but their parents, their fathers seeing children, that they have children that age. And some of the stories have just been horrific. So I say all that to say that our country needs so much prayer right now in ways that I don't think we even realize, because what the enemy is trying to do for bad, God is gonna turn this to good. I, b- I believe in my heart that that's exactly what's, what he's going to do. Um, so as I look at, you know, what are the keys to a resurrection life? And I really loved this, this um, picture here in the, of success. The key to success is perseverance over failure. Think about that. And many of us have had failures. I've had my own. Um, I've had moral failures in my life. I've had—I've lived in my—you know—my family. <laughs> my parents divorced, and um, for a number of reasons. And I was an adult, but it affected me in ways that I didn't understand. But you know, at the end of the day, I still love them. They made their mistakes, and I made mine too. And um, but I think at the end of the day, God gives us free will and choices. And I think one of the things I want to share today is just just some, some keys to what the resurrection has done for us and what really, truly, it is part of our success. Um, and this, this isn't about, um, well, it is about perseverance. I think this whole last year has been about perseverance for all of us, for all of us. Um, so I want us to go to Ephesians. I want us to go to Ephesians 2. Um, So we're going to talk about the power of the resurrected life in Christ, how we are made alive together with Christ. So in um, Ephesians 2, 4 to 5, but because of his great love for us, this is Jesus, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now I know I read in verse 6, but again, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with him, with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. The resurrection of Jesus gave each of us a spiritual life. If it were not for the resurrection, then we would not have the ability to be born again. When we received the resurrected Savior in our hearts, he began that resurrection process. I mean, think about that. When we received the resurrection, the resurrected Savior in our hearts, he began that resurrection process. We are made alive together with Christ. Christ. And I, th- you know, when I first read that, I thought I could see myself, okay, I dream a lot, many of you know that. I could see myself kind of flying in the air, <laughs> you know, um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it, it's, there's, there's so much more that is, I've gone and studied really what it means to live that resurrected life that I don't think I've even touched the surface of what it really means. And I know I'm a little on the older side here. Probably, I think I might be the older person, oldest person here. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I. um. (laughs) But we have been. I know, right? (laughs) What are you guys laughing? I know, right? We we are made alive together with. I just have see us all like kind of like doing our thing, kind of woo, just like when we talk about, you know, where Donna when you were sharing about stuff going out, you know, I had a vi- okay. I'm I just I ha- I always have visions. It don't matter what happens. I mean, I could share stuff all day long, but I just see stuff flying in the air, and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. But I would say five years ago, I would have that would have made me nervous because I didn't understand it. And it wasn't that it was wrong. I just didn't understand it. And being a visual person that I am, I'm thinking, what is that? Wow. But they're just like doo do 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 doo kind of flying around. And <laughs> I mean, I remember Israel all day long. I mean, I was seeing stuff all the time. For some of you I know that were on that trip. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Uh, anyway, so living the resurrected life. We are made alive together with Christ. Amen. So, all right. Number two, we receive the breath of life. In John 20, and with that, he breathed on them and said, and this is Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Christ breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We have his breath in us now. We are called to walk that out in our everyday in our everyday life. Think about that. His breath, what we speak. Not those words that I released, probably that weren't Christ like. I have to repent. I, um, yes, sometimes when we get frustrated or upset and. Sometimes the Christ in us doesn't come out, something else doesn't. I'm thinking, what was that? What was that, Lord? Where did that come from? Oh, you guys. Anyway, um, but think about that. So the living, oh, thank you. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, just receive the Holy Spirit. Think about that. But what if, again, that, that breath of life, you know, his life in us, I mean, I think that's such a prophetic act that he did for us. He breathed, because I had a vision of, you know, praying over that, that, that particular thing and seeing him just, like, breathe over all of us. That breath of life. And I'm, th- I'm thinking of, you know, what Mary went through. Mary, you know, his mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was a young one, um, carrying him the way she did. And then watching him, his death on the cross, the most horrific thing to watch, a mother watched happen to her child. Um, but living that resurrected life, he's given us his breath. So in turn, we need to be giving that breath out to other people. And I'm not saying that in a weird way either. I mean, when I say breathe, that means speak, release that sound, Lyra, like you and Jackie are doing today. There was such good releasing of that sound today. And it, and sometimes it, or the sound with the with the drums and um, with a with the music, but just releasing that the breath of life. Thank you. So, okay, live in the resurrected life. We are justified and made righteous by the resurrection. We are justified and made righteous by the resurrection. So let's go to. In Romans four. Romans four twenty-five. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. I'm gonna repeat this again. He was delivered over to death for our sins. Did you get that? Our sins, not his sins, our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. He did that for us. First of all, he was a—he was without blemish. He wasn't a sinner. We, we are. We were. There are times that we do sin and we have to repent. But he died for our sins, not for his own. And he was raised to life for our justification. We are justified, made righteous by the resurrection. That means that each one of us has been justified, made righteous by the resurrection. You don't get. A, you don't have to have a do-over. I just want to encourage you with that. You don't have to have a do-over. I know many times some places teach that there's this great, worse sin than all of them. No, uh-uh. All sins. There are some sins that, um, the most attestable ones, I'll use that for example, there are seven ones, but I'm not going to get into that message today. But know that... This person over here is no better than this person over here, um, whether they've been in jail or in prison or whether they've just not gotten caught. I was one who didn't get caught. I didn't get caught. Well, I did eventually, but um, <laughs> I did I did and I would share stories when I would when I would go into the jail in Mason and share my testimony with the girls at the jail in Mason, and some of them knew the word better than I did. And I'm like, well, why are you here? What's going on? And what I realized was nobody took the time to really help walk out the, some of the challenges they were had in the life the church abandoned them. Honestly, I can, I can say that from, is one that I had somebody say to me once, and this was at another church I had attended, well, somebody needs to work with those people. I'm thinking, oh, those people. I take it you've never been in jail or prisoner, or have had anybody in there close to you that has been hurt, and I and I don't even think they realized what they said when they said it. And I'm like, yeah, it's. I'm not. I'm just doing what God's called me to do. But I that just that made me pause. I'm like, what's going on, Lord, with this? Because I mean. The reason why I did that is because that could have been me 25 years ago. If I wouldn't have had halfway, my parents halfway paid attention to me and made sure I got to school and did the things I needed to do to make a productive life. I made bad choices along the way. I had things happen. But at the end of the day, I knew that I had a a purpose in a life, that there was something I wanted to do. I wanted a job. I saw my dad get up and go to work every day and provide for us. Back in the day in the 60s, my dad probably made, and he wouldn't probably want me to tell you this, but maybe $10,000 for a family of four. I mean, we just didn't have a lot. And that was, for him, that was a lot of money. He was raised very poor. Um, They didn't have indoor plumbing until after my parents got married um, in the 50s. But... um, But think about that. You know, a family of four on 10,000. I mean, think about now. I can't imagine even living on that. I mean, some of us get so used to having things. My mom made my clothes. We had a garden. We raised our food. My dad worked nights, so I never really got a chance to see him. He couldn't come to any of my games. But then as we got older, we moved to Mason, and my mom wound up working, and then there were things that we had that I could have, and then I wanted my own things. I didn't want my parents to... You know, they worked hard. I wanted to provide and not for them to worry about things. So I did. I had to work and put myself through school. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't regret anything at all. I think one of the things that I wished I would have told my dad, and I do this now, but he his, he was raised, and I think this was a generation, about being a good provider was financially. He never said he loved me. I, and I know he did, though. But he just, that just wasn't his way. And he never got that growing up. He never did. And I understand that better now. I think um, he was really hurt by the church, I think in a lot of ways. Um, But I, I think about what, you know, think about this, how, you know, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. You know, it wasn't for his; it was for us. So, the resurrection gives us hope for today. So, in first, let's go to First Peter. Do do do. All right, First Peter one three. Yeah. Peter 1 3 praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead his resurrection gives us hope for today do you hear that his resurrection gives us hope for today this is what Christ's resurrection did for us we have hope for today. We walk that hope out by being the hands and feet of Christ on the earth. I'm thinking about, you know, Stephanie, when I first got to know you, when we did the food drop, you know, what that was about. And I just remember as I got to know you and was so excited that we did it, I love the fact that we are literally giving somebody something to eat. And I remember thinking, knowing what I know about our city and, and a lot of the things that happened to get to that point, but look at what God has done with Then it became I Love My City and all these great events. And it all started with an idea. You know, and I know it was Christ in you, the hope of glory. And remember that. And remember that all in the lost and found closet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but remembering that whole, I was just, and I think part of it was knowing what I know because of working with old the people that are older adults, many of them are homebound they can't get out the only people they would see each week were their home delivered meals drivers that would deliver that food to them that was their socialization Um, and for some of them that was just like that made their whole week and the fact that we did that was what hope that gave to the people and I just remember it was so exciting and then, then other things that happened and some of the challenges. But I think at the end of the day, God used that so much for expanding our community. And thank you for listening and obeying and bless Virge Bonero, you know, for all of that with Virge, how he was, he supported that and he knew the importance and I repent of my attitude. <laughs> but um, anyway, I just, I just, that reminds me of hope for today. I always go back to that and that wasn't in my notes today, but I just, that food drop, I'd never done anything. That was like in 2009, so that's been 12 years. Think about that. But I just remember what a big deal that was and the logistics that went into that and all the boxes and the delivery, and I remember praying and then helping to deliver and then watching you guys praying, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, wow, what an event that was. What an event, but it was all because it was bringing hope for the people that need that hope. So the resurrection enables complete healing. I love this one. This is another keys to the resurrected, living the resurrected life. The resurrection enables complete healing. Exodus 15, 26 he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am I am the Lord who heals you. Think about that. I just felt like this was a word over our state. I mean, I was speaking that over our state and our nation and the world, I am the Lord who heals you. Um, that resurrect. Think about that. By His stripes we are healed. Every one of those stripes that He took, I, this is the hard. That's the hardest part of the Passion. I can't watch. I really can't. It's very hard. Some of those, those scenes were literally they had the yeah, He took the beating and the scourging and the. That that thing they use. I'm just and the and the watching the movie. How the soldiers they they ever they were good actors because I can't watch. I mean, but he still got up and he st- did not quit. He stayed in it for each of us, and by his stripes we are healed, and each of us have that complete healing. But this this scripture really really resonated with me. You know from Exodus fifteen twenty six, and let me read it again. If you listen carefully to the Lord your God. So, this is important. That means, number one, we got to listen carefully to what he says. Do what is right in his eyes. I repeat, do what is right in his eyes, not yours. What is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, think about this today being. Resurrection Sunday, and thinking about I think about the the plagues, you know what happened. You know Moses kept going before the Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. And by one more plague, and he he had one more plague, and then the firstborn were taken, and um, then Pharaoh relented, and then changed his mind. And how many times have we been double-minded and made decisions and like I shouldn't have done that? Why did I do that? I've I I have. That I have made decisions that um, yeah, I should have prayed about that more, Lord. Instead of reacted, I should have acted. So that's why it's so important when he talks here about listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes. So part of that listening is reading what this says because there's an answer for every one of the issues that you have going on in your life, every one of them, every one everyone and guys I just want to encourage you we can't we can't let anybody take this from us and I think I hope you know what I mean by that we can't let them take this from us this is we have every right to read this we have a right to preach this we are a free country I know not everybody believes in what it says even some churches like to not believe what it says They pick and choose things. But I guess I say all that to say that this makes us us and not, what's the word I want to use? This makes us free. And actually, right here. Resurrection, life, liberty, power, and purpose. Life, freedom, power, and purpose are given to each of us through the resurrection. We are called by Christ to walk this out in our day-to-day, in our day-to-day life. This gives us the power. Each each, each scripture, each book, um, know that there is power and purpose in this for each of us every day. But I just, we, we are at a time that's so important to stand up for what we believe. I'm not going to get into specific items, but I know that there's some people in our country that don't believe in this. They believe in something different, and that's their right. But at the end of the day, we are a Christian country, Judeo-Christian country. We were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Um, And at the end of the day, this guides us in everything that we do. So I just... I just wanna wanna encourage you with that because we are, there's a reasons why people wanna get in our country. We have something that they don't have. We have freedom, they don't. Thinking about, I remember when the Soviet Union and the wall fell, some of you maybe do, some of you don't, but I remember that. And I remember what President Reagan said, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And I remember when the wall came down with West and East Germany, and my my boss actually was originally from West Germany from when I lived in the UP, or not, I'm sorry, I take that back. She had given me some piece of jewelry that had West Germany on it. And of course there's no more West Germany that's gone. That went away I think in 1990. Um, but that was all built in the 60s when after, the, after World War II and fast forward, okay, I'm not a history buff. I don't exactly remember when that got started, I say all that to say, but that ball wall was built when communism started. You know, with with East Germany and West Germany, um, and the Stasi's Stasi's were the the secret police in East Germany that people were t- telling on their neighbors, their family. And I only bring this up as because of the environment we're in in our country. And this isn't about the wall, but it's about people's hearts and how bitter they've become. And I think at the end of the day, um, the only thing that can break through that is Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus provides us with complete victory. Living that resurrected life provides us with complete victory. In Ephesians 2, 4-6, to but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We have complete victory over life's challenges and things that are thrown at us. Is it going to be easy? No. But the word says that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. In Hebrews 13, 5 to 6, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I say this again, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Think about that. And this isn't about the love of money, you guys. I'm I'm mentioning this because, as America, we we were so much about material things. Sometimes we forget what's important and really what's not. Do you need that 50-inch flat-screen TV? Um, I actually think it'd be kind of cool, but I don't need it. I'd like to visit somebody that has it, but um, I'll have to admit it. I know I, I just <laughs> my mom's got a big one, <laughs> she and they have it so loud because they can't. <laughs> but anyway I say all that to say that um we do get sometimes caught up in the material things and I think for me at the end of the day it's not about the material things it's just like I just like being at home with my family and is who you want family to be not about what the world says you guys are all my family here I know I can be a pain in the butt and I know I admit it I know I know I um, but um so, But but think about this. The Lord is our helper. We don't have anything to be afraid of. Even sometimes life gets challenging. I know this past week I was really challenged when wasn't feeling well and I'm just really stretched at work right now with my supervisor. And I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to be afraid. And I think that whole spirit of fear that this is what we've seen released over our country. And this is where I, 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 I really have to... Um, pray and push that back because of people I know my own family that just get up caught up into that and they don't know any better because that's what the world is pushed on them and I think that's where we as believers how we walk that out is so important about what the breath that we release that breath of life we release over people just like today with some of the music and the I love the blessing I love that I love that blessing I love it from the Arianic blessing I love that song you know, I just, I just, I love that song by Carrie Job. You know, I just, she does such a beautiful t- um, song and you guys did today too, most definitely. Um, but thinking about, you know, the living, the resurrected life, walking out each day of our life in Christ, seated with him at his right hand, as his son or daughter means we do have victory. Amen. He triumphed over all of our enemies for us. Think about that. He triumph over all your enemies for you. He is with us. He will never forsake us. He will always be with us. Um, oops, I didn't make that one. This slide kind of, did I get that one right? I didn't do, sorry about this. That slide didn't come out right. Living the resurrected life means we need to stay focused on the here and now and not get distracted by things going on around us. Guard the gates of your eyes, ears, and mouth. Each one of you has a divine destiny and purpose on this earth that only you are created for, and that you are created for a specific purpose to reach a specific audience that nobody else can. Um, I'm remembering years ago, I know some of you remember Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, and I know I'm not I'm not one to talk about that book, but it affected me and for some of you that... Um, it was released in 2002, and it you know 9/11 had happened that year before, and I was really studying, and I had gotten saved in '98, so this was I was not saved that many years, and I just remember thinking, well, this is really interesting, Lord, what is my purpose? And I remember thinking we had just come out of an intense election in 2000 with President Bush and Al Gore, and President Bush won and it was very controversial, and that went to the Supreme Court. I mean, I think about everything that's happened. It's such a mirror that we've seen in our country this last year. The country was divided back then, but not like, you know, it is now. In the season, though, back then, I remember thinking it seemed that way. Um, it was very, it was a different time. And remember when that when that book came out, I was attending a different church with a purpose-driven life, and. It just made me think. It made me think about, what is my purpose, Lord? Because I was studying the word. And, um, and I know some people didn't necessarily agree with the book itself because it, there wasn't scriptures. or some, I, I don't know what all the details were. I just knew how it affected me. And I think, this. so this is my story. This is what it did for Laura. It made me think about, what is my purpose, Lord? Why am I here? I had all this stuff happen in my life. I'm at this church where I'm, at the time I was at, and this is, didn't know Stephanie, I didn't know a lot of the people I know now, but I knew Jesus. I knew there was something here that I could learn from this, and I knew I was gonna do jail ministry. Because I remember in 2002, I went to meet with Lynn Hill uh, and didn't understand what that was about. I remember I went in and met with Lynn at Mount Hope, and before... And I remember thinking, "Oh, I don't know, Lord, I don't know about this." I was thinking, "Oh, well, I can just do my own thing." And He's like, "No, you have to do this and that." I'm like, "I didn't know Len." Many of you know Len's a very nice older gentleman, and but I didn't know him from anybody. And I, but I just knew there was something I was going to do with jail ministry. Fast forward five years later, I met Stephanie at, at another church, and, um, and fast forward. A, year after that year and a half and then she encouraged me to get involved with jail ministry so I did you know and I did that in a season and I was was very powerful and and if I want to encourage you if you ever have an opportunity to do it do it I know that's not where I'm supposed to be at right now but I knew at the time as I was learning and walking out the girls Um, And I went to Mason. I actually had gone to the prison with a a group once. But I knew uh, I needed to be back in my community. I knew that's where God wanted me to be at. Um, I didn't feel like I was supposed to go down to Huron Valley. But there were people that were already doing that. I say all that to say that thinking about that in 2002, okay, 19 years ago, 19 and I remember meeting Lynn, and I'm thinking, I don't know, Lord, I don't know if I want to do this or not. And I remember running, okay, you guys, literally, I ran out of Mount Hope. I did. I'm like, I don't know, Lord, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. This is just like this isn't what I thought, you you know. And I'm just like, I'm just laughing. And I remember thinking, oh my. And then I got to know Lynn years later, but I just remember thinking, but I, I just, re, you know, that time I was thinking about that this morning as the purpose-driven life, little little prophetic things he brings back to my memory back 19 years ago. And I, in 2002 was where I started at the office I'm at now at work, is where I, st- I was started there in 2002 as well. So 2002 was a significant year for me. And I didn't even realize that until I started studying this this morning about well, there was something about that. So um, I say all that to say that um, there is some... Sp- specific purpose for each of us and for a group of people to reach. So I want to, you know, um, end this this scripture here. I feel like this really resonated with me in Hebrews 12, 2 to 3. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. F- keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. That keeps us living the resurrection life. So just be encouraged. Keep your eyes on Jesus and keep your eyes off yourself and keep your eyes on Him, and you can't you can't go wrong. It may not always go the way you think it should, but His ways are higher than your ways. Seriously, we get sometimes so caught up and uh, okay, like jail ministry. I went into that meeting with Lynn back in two thousand two, thinking, oh, this will be a piece of cake. I remember thinking, I don't know, Lord. And I just literally, I did, I ran out. I'm sorry, you guys. (laughs) I remember, because I would not felt the Holy Spirit before, that I had not been filled with the Holy Spirit at that time. And I could feel that in that room, and it was new for me. Okay, I was raised a Methodist. We just didn't do that. And I'm thinking, and and now I'm just like, woo, vata, vata, vata now. (laughs) I'm thinking... Nana, I love you. Nana, I know you're looking down thinking, Laura, what did you do? <laughs> that's my grandmother. Bless her. She was a very staunch Methodist, and she was on the front row on the first pew, and she loved the Lord, you know. I do, so I share all that. That's, so that's some of my resurrection life story. But be encouraged. There's something for each of you God has called you to. And I think particularly, you know, because... People have not been able to go into the jail and prisons. Um, and I'm not saying that's your call to, to do that. Just be encouraged. If you ever have an opportunity and to share the word, they, the harvest definitely is plentiful there. And and I just know, I think the most exciting thing I ever did was when I went down to Huron Valley. Uh, there was like 150 ladies in there. And I remember somebody saying, weren't you afraid? I said, no. I had to wear a panic thing, you know. And then the guards said, if something happened, you... Push that and you go in the room back there. Of course, you know, I didn't tell my parents because they would be afraid because I don't want that fear on me because what that is, if there's a riot, that's the room for the guards to go to. And so this was the ch- this was the great hall where they had a band. They have their own band and everything. It was just so awesome. But uh, what I realized was a lot of the girls didn't look like me there. <laughs> and that broke my heart. I was white and a lot of the girls were people of color. A lot of them didn't trust me to come up to pray for them and I remember sharing this I think maybe with you Stephanie. I just thought Lord what can I do to help and he said you need to pray because it wasn't anything I did. They had been so wounded by our system and um, that um, they just they just um Sorry, guys. It was hard to see because I think at the end of the day, I um, I just was there because I loved them. It didn't matter why they were there. A lot of them. We had a big prayer. We had a big prayer box, and literally, they they would come up to put their prayers in, and then there was the line that um, would come. And my line was very short. And the other girl's line was very long. But I remember praying over that prayer box. And um, I um, I didn't understand at the time what was going on. At, but now as I see things that have happened in our country and some of the injustices that have happened. Because honestly, I could have been in prison. I, I made some really bad choices. I dealt drugs. I did, you guys. I mean... I was with some people that weren't really good for me. I just never got caught. I I got pulled over, and um, I'm thinking, this is when I was younger, not recently, so just to make (laughs) sure that's... um, But I think at the end of the day, I was not somebody that I was on their radar. Um, But I just remember looking at all the girls, And some of them were my age, some of them were younger. But I think at the end of the day though, I just, I won't forget that because it reminded me of, you know, those are people's daughters. Those are people's mothers. I mean, these were babies, some of them were 17, 18 years old. Um, I think though at the end of the day that they're God's people too. And you know, we're called to minister, it doesn't matter where we're at. But I, d- I I share that because I didn't understand um, where that was coming from and Lyra thank you for always being open to talk about things in our church and how you know how things have affected you I just want to say thank you because I know it has been a hard year in our country and I know we've had some conversations and I just I say all that to say that I know our country's not perfect but I think you know we are we're, we're um, we're doing better, but we got more more work to do. Sorry. All right. And on that note, I think I am going to wrap up. I think we have an activation to do. So is there anybody here that
0: would like to receive the Holy Spirit today that doesn't have the Holy Spirit? So I think everybody here does, but I do think that we can always get more, right? And I think part of what was sung and prophesied today was about that, was about getting more of him. And um, so I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out right now, and we're going to just get a little bit more. And so, Father God, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit that you gave us, you died for, you were beating for, you put on the cross, but you rose again from the dead so that we could have the Holy Spirit, so we could have the infilling of the Holy Spirit and we could walk in power and authority over the enemy and we could put him under our feet because you live in us. And I just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would fall on your people today. And just breathe life into them in a new way today um, and, and I, I just feel this is a time of change for all of us that we're walking into a powerful time of the Lord even though the world looks so so sad and so beaten and so desperate and so but that's when God can move because people are on their knees and so, Lord, we just thank you that you're going to give us the power and authority for the remnant, remnant that is awake, that is ready to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that we can do those things that are even more powerful than Jesus did when he was walking. That was his promise to us, that we would do even more than Jesus did. Are we doing that yet, church? We are not doing that yet, so we need more of him. And there is more to get because that's a promise from our Lord and Savior that he would give us more. So I just ask you, Holy Spirit, begin to breathe into us, Lord, the new that you have for us in this new season, the power, the authority to heal, restore, bring bones alive from the dead those dead bones that are walking around with not hearing, not seeing what you're doing not knowing your love we need that power and authority from the Holy Spirit to to do what it is the Father is doing so the Holy Spirit more more of you I just feel him getting ready to breathe into you just breathe into them, Lord. Just breathe into the into your spirit, man. Just receive more of Him and His and everything that He is—His love, His power, His authority. Breathe. I also ask, Lord, that you would activate that resurrection power in every one of us today lord that brings healing to our soul any part of us that needs healing any part of us that needs to be whole to do the work we have ahead of us we have to be whole we have to be healed so i ask you holy spirit for healing in our soul from all trauma and all wounds of our past lord that you would just heal every one of them and if there's something specific the Lord is showing you that you need healing for, you might have to spend some more time with him in getting revelation on it. But one of the things he showed me is when he shows me something specific, he wants to show you he was there. Even even when you were going through that nasty ordeal, he was there. And that's when you when you see him there, that's when you get the healing. It's... It's supernatural. It just happens. So don't be afraid to go back to those places of trauma with him, with him, hand in hand, because that's where you can really get the healing you might need. And we just thank you, Lord, for breathing into those deepest parts of us, pulling up every root, every part of us that is entrenched in the old that needs to just be pulled up and thrown out. <sighs> love, his love is falling on you, filling your, filling your spirit man right now. Your spirit man is right in this place right here in your middle. He's filling that place right there. The word says that he, it's like a river, <laughs> it flows. And it continues to flow. Each time you ask the Lord to give you more of him, it's like a filling, like a river that just flows in your inner man. <sighs> Blow river of joy into them today, Lord, because joy of the Lord is our strength.
1: Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even
0: hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more
1: testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world feel led to support our podcast,
0: you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled listener support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.